0: Chime hid when the king came to town. Everyone in Jacob's Vale knew the royal party would arrive today. Fast messengers traveling the country kept citizens apprised of the king's progress through the realm of Aronsdale. Chime had hoped he might skip a hamlet as small as Jacob's Vale, but apparently she wouldn't be so lucky. A pack of boys raced into town, hair flying, yelling that King Darren was coming so Chime hid. She ran to her family's orchard and climbed her favorite apple tree. At her age, almost eighteen, she was supposedly too mature for such pastimes, ready instead to settle down and bring a husband into the household. She had no wish to marry, however, and didn't care in the least about her supposed lack of interest in climbing trees. She scrambled up the trunk Dressed in tunic, leggings, and knee boots, all the hue of yellow apples, her favorite color. She didn't stop until she was deep into the leafy cover of the branches, screened by spring foliage from curious eyes, royal eyes. Actually, it wasn't the king who inspired Chime to flee the town and stash herself in a tree. She feared a far more imposing person, Della Nokozin one of Darren's top advisors. Della served as the mage mistress for Castle Suncroft. Pa! Chime muttered. Although the idea of a castle being a croft for the sun appealed to her sense of whimsy, she had no wish to go there. She knew why Mistress Nokosen was searching the countryside, visiting towns large and small. Oh yes, she knew. They were looking for shape mages, the adepts who used circles, cubes, spheres, and other shapes to create spells. Well, they wouldn't find any here, not if she had any say in the matter. Although Chime's parents realized she carried the shape mage gifts, neither had ever pressured her to reveal her talents. Besides, if she left Jacob's Vale and went to Suncroft, her family would have one less person to help in the orchards. Chime loved her family, and she loved tending the trees, especially when they blossomed and brought forth fresh succulent apples. Thinking of fruit, Chime spotted a particularly juicy apple. She plucked it and settled herself more comfortably in the branches. Then she peered through the leaves at the dusty road beyond the trees and passed it to the hills. In the distance, the first riders of the king's party had appeared over a ridge outside the town. Taking a bite of her apple, she sat back to watch them arrive. The stately procession crested the ridge like a wave of people. Chime had to admit they made an impressive sight. Warriors rode great horses with golden bridles. Their pennants snapped in the breeze— dyed the king's colors indigo and gold on a white background, showing a castle silhouetted on the disk of the sun. An honor guard rode with them, officers in blue uniforms. As they drew nearer, riding at the edge of the trees and even under some of them, Chime saw the gold insignia of military officers. Then King Darren appeared. At first Chime mistook him for a royal advisor. He made a spectacular sight, to be sure, tall on his great black charger, his gray hair swept up from his brow, and his chiseled features certainly had a kingly aspect, but he seemed so old. She had seen his image on the hexagonal coins people used to buy the apples, quinces, and pears her family grew. It made her expect a much younger man, one hale and hearty, full of vigor. This man's advanced age suggested his era of rule might end sooner than she and most people expected. The thought perturbed Chime. King Darren had been a constant all her life, a good sovereign, her parents said, steady and certain. He had no son to assume his crown. The prince had died years ago, lost in an orb carriage accident with his wife and their young child a boy named Jared.